And now, the Wadfam Chalkpod. It's interesting that you should say that because I think... I don't even know which one I prefer when they pretend, like, when they don't talk about it or when they do, you know? Yeah, it, I just, I don't, I don't need it right now. Yeah, well, especially not for this podcast. Right, exactly. We're, we, we're a fairly, Journey weirdly with enough, us, we're a, a cold pretty, open to the world of Odyssey. We're a pretty focused show. Yeah. At oh, the yeah. end of it, which is bizarre. Considering um, both of us are the ones making right. it. Right. We're not focused people, and mm-hmm. we do get off on tangents, but it's not a hangout show, really. Yeah, that's it the Andrew Sable still... podcast. Yeah, go listen. Uh, <laughs> or don't. New episode coming, never. Um, hey, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now's right. the time. Hi, this is Nathan. We're just about to have a time of humor, analysis, and excitement. Would you like to join us? Then get ready, because you never know what'll happen when you listen to the Wadfam Chalkpod. What does Tom Riley look like? What? What does Tom Riley look like? Oh, Uh, he's big. Yeah, alright, you're doing a bit. I won't continue, it's fine. (laughs) I'm sorry. Bits don't land quite as well over the internet, like when we're not in person. Well, I also assume that you are as uh, biblically devoted to Pulp Fiction as I am. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're, we're back here to talk about episode 287 of Adventures in Odyssey, Tom for Mayor, part two. Still in quarantine, friends. Yep. This episode is so good. We apparently can't make it through an episode without talking about that. Well, um, it seems particularly relevant. I mean, everyone's in the same boat. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> But, I mean, I but, guess, well, well, as a podcast that's typically be... recorded in person, you know what I mean. Yeah, but they, they know that now. Okay, that's fair. Last episode was our was our chance to say, hey, going forward, we're not recording in person. And then we just get to, like, acknowledge it again once we are. Ah, okay, I like that. So, so maybe I cut this out, maybe I don't, but we won't be acknowledging it again after this. Yeah, okay, that checks out. <laughs> Just because I'm tired of it. That's fair. All right. So, Tom for Mayor, part two. It uh, it first aired November 5th of 1994. Um, I realized as I was writing that down that this is specifically an election-timed episode. Yeah, yeah. It's uh... They put these out the end of October, beginning of November um, of 94, which wasn't like a major election year. But was still an election year. I was thinking about that while I was listening to it. I was wondering if that was the case. It. it yep. I am. I am very curious as to what this episode provides as far as Odyssey's insight into politics. Yeah, I. One of the reasons we delayed this recording a bit is because I was taking f- like f- furious notes, trying to keep up with everything that was being said during the debate. Yeah. Um. And 
we'll cross that road when we get to it, but it's not a lot. No, it's... it. Yeah, this episode one, I mean, I want to say off the bat, I do love it. I think it's great. Um, it starts with a, a cold open, like a, a Now Adventures in Odyssey, and then we get, what is it, um, Eugene and, heck, what's the kid's name? It's Sam. Sam, sorry. Are we doing this now, Andrew? Oh, shoot, you're right. I'm so sorry. I got quarantine brain. <laughs> How does this podcast work? Okay, so we did the intro. So I talked, we, we did the intro. Then I we did the, the air episode. Date. I talked about the air date. Now I usually talk about where it is on the album, which is that it is episode two yes, on yes. album 22, The Changing Times. It was written and directed by Paul McCusker, and it has the same cast as the previous episode. There you go. To, like, a degree that's kind of funny, where, like, they they have, like, they have Brian Dern and Jack here for the debate, in a move that very much just seemed like, well, we already had th- those actors there, so, like, this is how we're going to use them. Oh, yeah, this is definitely, like, they rented them out for a weekend situation. They're like, we're just going to do this. Might as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that's... That's that. That's the, uh, that's the, the context portion of, portion of the show. Well, that being said... We get to the the plot synopsis of the episode, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We the, can the, talk about the, the colorful commentary that that only we can provide. Uh, and the episode begins uh, as previously and overzealously mentioned by myself uh, with Eugene and Sam, right? Yes, sir. And uh, this is them uh, meeting with. No, this is them in the woods, isn't it? Nope. No, no, this is them meeting with Tom Riley. Kind of, but no. You just you just take the lead here. So they uh this is uh Sam Sam and Eugene are at the little theater. Um, oh, which has yes, been yes, temporarily yes, yes, yes. set up as Tom's headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um Eugene is basically just doing a recap of last episode. Yes. But for Sam's documentary that he's filming. There's this little back and forth where Sam's trying to get Eugene to be less flowery, to not use his big words, um, to talk like a human being, um, and uh, and that just recaps everything. Then Eugene says, uh, how about we go to some dramatic music, Sam? And the theme song starts. Yeah, that took that that caught me because I thought he was going to be like a dramatic ukulele solo or something <laughs> like that. That's that's literally what I was like, oh, dramatic music. OK. And then it yeah. cuts to the intro. And I was like, well, I, I was thrown out by it's Chris's and now Adventures in Odyssey with no music. Yeah. Right off the bat. And I was like, oh, shoot, we're not even doing like anything mm-hmm. because when we have a cold open episode, it usually starts on the action, not yeah. on that intro. And I was like, okay, they must have been really crunched for time and just did no intro. And then we get this weird little recap. And then Eugene says, you know, start dramatic music. And I'm like, oh, no, is this going to be the theme song? And then it comes in and we get yeah. a Chris intro in that. And then also a uh, one of their little audio montages. Yeah, we get the little the teaser clips and stuff. Yep. Which is uh, all about Tom and his makeup. Yeah, uh, feelings which we will about get that. To. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so the the body of the episode uh, once again begins with Glossman showing up at Tom's door. We love it. We love it. 
he he arrives and knocks on the door and tom answers and uh he just kind of is there to gloat Mm -hmm. um and then tom explains that he's gonna get an independent expert in Um, yeah and and tom's got this whole like i've done nothing wrong air about him and is really pushing back against glossman um and oh wait we should hold up real quick is it established in the before the intro that the debate is going to be at the little theater? The debate is not at the little theater. Oh, where is it at? It is at uh, oh, like it's at town, town hall, hall, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Because there's a comment about the video and everything. Yes, yes, yes. Correct. Yep. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Tom's attitude here is very interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, so here's the thing. Yes, private statistics work, kind of, but Glossman is from the government. Mm-hmm. So, like, how can his statistics stand up to literally the state government? Right, right. So, the, the problem here is that Tom, like, we as the audience know that Glossman has tampered with the evidence. Yes. Tom does not know this. But is still operating under that assumption. And I really dislike that. It's just not a good look for him. It's not. He's coming across as though he already knows that Glossman's been tampering. And, like, that's going to... Yeah, it's very much wit being, like, sinister for the sake of being sinister in Novacom. Sinister? Cynical. Cynical, sorry. But there's a, like, I think that there's a direct quote that is, like, taken later that Wit says in Novacom, too. Like, you can fool some people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Yes. I'm pretty sure Wit says that, doesn't he? I believe that is Wit. Yeah, but Tom says it in this episode. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh. Because Wit's not here. Right, right. Okay, so maybe it is just Tom in this episode. I don't know. That just sounded like a familiar quote. I don't actually have a reference for that. Yeah, I'm, maybe Tom says it later for the for the Novacom thing, but it's definitely it's definitely used later. I will take you on your word for that one. I can't I can't back that up. Yay! <laughs> I have been taken for my word. <laughs> yep. Um, while me, while I uh, cleverly distance myself from it so that blowback cannot be directed at me. Exactly. Tweet at me, personally. <laughs> uh, it's but, very lonely. But the... Yeah. It is this frustration that Tom is not... Like, I get it. Tom's had some bad stuff go down with Glossman in the fa- in the past. Mm-hmm. But he's never even more... Like, the thing with Blackard is that we've seen Blackard do bad stuff, but then legally he can distance himself from it, but everyone in the town knows that he did something bad. Glossman never gets to that point. No. He has done bad things we know is the audience, but none of the town has a direct link between Glossman and bad stuff being done. Yeah. It's all just assumption. 
if you are to take Glossman at his own word and at the direct evidence we see, he truly hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's the part that's like, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously Glossman is Tom's foil in that sense. And it's it's just it's frustrating for Tom to to be so resistant. I mean, obviously, you know, he does end up being right. But the truth of the matter is right. he has no reason to be as cynical as he is. He, he has no reason to believe he is right at this point other than like a gut feeling, which I think is stupid which and i get that he's running for the people and like he's a down-to-earth guy but like wouldn't he want to get as buddy buddy with up you know up up in politics as possible like no he wouldn't eh, not tom i know not tom but like anybody else (laughs) would they'd be like oh right but that's why he's the better candidate andrew exactly yeah boy (laughs) yeah boy yeah i have feelings So then, uh, then we sh- the uh, independent expert shows up, yep. and it's Eugene. Yep, yep. And Glossman literally like has you can hear him smirking. Yeah. Through the audio, he's like, "Oh, well, yeah. I can't think of anybody better for you know to to run this independent study than Eugene Meltzner, which our little, resident genius, our resident genius, and also little does he know that he is good at everything. Right, he can wire up." Uh, the building correctly if he has the right transistors yeah and he uh well he can can he can both conduct a study um an environmental study and catch someone planting evidence and apparently he can run somewhat quickly as well who must be able to i picture eugene as someone who wears ankle weights oh Um, yeah definitely (laughs) definitely and the and he he has like one of the shake weights at home He's Absolutely. like, oh, it's, uh, or maybe he got a Bowflex. He definitely bought some as seen on TV fitness equipment. <laughs> uh, you don't, you don't think he uh, compared all of the all of the different things and made his decision in a in a way that is uh, befitting a Christian? Oh no, he definitely did. But what he was choosing from was as seen on TV fitness equipment. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of it to go around, man. That's fair. He's an educated um, consumer. So we then cut to Bart on the radio. Yep. Um, he's being interviewed about, I don't know, just his mayoral candidacy. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing comes up with the with Glossman and and all of this stuff. And the interviewer kind of is like, "Hey, you got? Did you have anything to do with this?" Um, and Bart says that he he didn't, but he would have planted evidence if he had thought of that. Yeah. And uh yeah. This is a this is a problem throughout this whole episode. It was in last episode, but it wasn't as clear. Um but there's clearly a feeling of and it's a show for kids, maybe that's the reason for all of this. But Bart is a bad candidate. He's not a candidate with ideas different than Tom's. He is a candidate without any merit. Exactly. And that's the thing that I found so interesting is that, like, even when he is smearing Tom, like, that's his pretty much his own his only strategy is not saying that he's going to do anything great, but just by being like, well, Tom contaminates 
apples and therefore he shouldn't be mayor. Like, that is his only argument. Yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. Like, I wish that they had given depth to this where both sides have a point, but Tom's is the point that is right. Um, Exactly. But instead, they just flattened Bart to be, well, I mean, flattened Bart. Bart's always been this thin. Yeah. But to just be this one-dimensional character who's like, he's just doing, like... He's doing it for the gram. Yeah, I, (laughs) I genuinely don't know what Bart's motivations in running for office are other than like tv airtime yeah like it's it's unfortunate because i would love to see tom have to debate against a competent candidate like if it was him versus glossman it would be really interesting to hear both sides of their thing but instead it's him versus like a monkey and that's the no thing where it's like, what monkeys. makes Tom good? Like, Tom is objectively good as a mayor because of X, Y, and Z reasons. And he doesn't really get to show them at all because he's not ever compared to anything worth comparing to. And the funny part about the show is that, like, at least in my head, I always thought that, like, Tom was kind of a come-from-behind victor in this situation. But the oh, truth yeah. of the matter is, Tom has pretty much been the only legitimate candidate straight out like the whole time yep as evidenced at the end when he wins the the mayoral position without a vote um so look forward to that later this episode um we we go from oh yeah we do this hilarious in quotes transition um where uh bart talks about like having sure footing yeah um and then eugene falls into a stream and that's the transition yeah it's so good because like and then it cuts to what's like him editing it out for sam or Uh, sam wanting to edit it out he falls into the stream and asks sam if sam will edit that out yeah sam says no that would be lying yeah like it's gotta be gotta you know uh, artistic integrity and whatnot it's so (laughs) The whole Sam part of this whole episode is so strange to me. Like, why is he there? Because the children need someone to latch on to and also exposition? I guess, yeah. But, like, (laughs) do the children really latch on to Sam? I don't know. Like, as a child, I definitely latched on more to Tom and to Eugene within this argument than I ever did for Sam. Sam's just that he's just there. Like, Yeah, no, absolutely. He's he's kind of comic relief in the sense that like, yeah, yep, yeah, he's he's our kind of our fish out of water for the episode. Although I mean, it does become incredibly you know prevalent that he is there because obviously he gets right. A Everything recording. hinges on the fact that we have someone f- filming all this. Yeah, but, yeah. But, um, okay, and then. He and Eugene and Sam talk about this a little bit more about their like going upstream to where the edge biter plant used to be. And and Eugene's talking to Sam about like how important all this is and says like I'm afraid he'll lose more than the elections, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Which just reminds me of um there's an episode and I don't remember which which one it's I I feel like there's been more than one that's been like a frivolous, fr- I 
Oh, I think it's the, it's the Rodney through the skylight episode. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, and it has goes out on this line of, "We lost more than a court case today. We lost some of our innocence, and that is the real victim." And yeah. It just, <laughs> <laughs> like no, that's it has, the case of the secret room, isn't it? Nah, I don't. Uh, no, he says something no, like not. that during the he, case of the secret room. He does say something about that during the case of the secret room as well, but it's not it's not that one. It's not that explicit. No, I mean it is that explicit, but it's not the thing I literally just said. That's fine. I was quoting the Skylight episode. The Skylight episode. It's it's yeah. Christian name. Um yeah. So anyways, Eugene's afraid that he'll lose more than the election, which is Yeah. They this so, whole episode hinges on the idea that Tom will lose the election if his pond is contaminated. Yeah. But there is no evidence to support that. Yeah, well, and the thing is, if his he, stuff is contaminated, he will get, like, even in the worst case scenario for him, he gets slapped with some sort of fine, His he has to undergo certain, like business precautions he has to address you know probably the board of agriculture or, or whatever and get checked by the people and make sure it's all good and then stuff goes back to normal that's yeah. literally it i think i think it's like it's the really hard thing i have with this episode is that it's not a direct conflict in any way no, there really isn't Tom, because, so it's, the direct conflicts would be Tom versus Bart and Glossman versus Tom's business. Mm-hmm. But instead, we have Tom's candidacy, candidacy versus Glossman's investigation. And the idea is that if Glossman's investigation happens, Tom won't become mayor. Yeah. But that... I don't I don't know how that adds up. Tom even before it's revealed that he's going like that everything went okay, he is getting applause and Bart is getting laughter. Yeah. So even if it comes back and it's like no, Tom legitimately did poison this town. None of you have seen the effects of that, but like it happened. Uh they're still voting Tom. Oh, yeah. Well, and, like, Tom can totally play the, well, it wasn't intentional, and, like, I wasn't aware of what was happening. Right. Like, right. you can you can totally play that card. I mean, yeah. you know, politicians do that all the time, and then you're, you're fine. Like, you, yeah. like I said, you, you deal with the minor consequences, and you still, like, he's... It's not like the race is super close and he's no. hanging on by a thread and this is going to make or break his candidacy is Correct. this little thing that's going to push him under. Like, no, yep. he's running against a monkey who literally cannot string a cohesive speech together, has no platform yep. and falls he, back on song lyrics. Yeah, falls back on song lyrics and is just like he's not legitimate and there's no perception that anybody thinks right. that he is. Right. But this whole I, episode is around the crux that so much bad is going to happen if this if this environmental study goes through and it yes is negative. Yeah, I wish I wish that we could have like I'm okay with the storyline of 
Glossman is trying to shut down Tom's farm, and, like, Tom is, like, fighting to keep his business afloat. Yeah. I'm also okay with Tom goes up against a component in a mayoral race, but the fact that they kind of took both halves of that and made it into this conflict, it just, it doesn't add up, and it was frustrating to me. Yeah. No, definitely. I I, I definitely sympathize with that. And I... It's something that I really only picked up now. Like, I didn't really think about that as a child much. Like I said, like, for me as a child, for some reason, I always thought that Tom was a a come-from-behind mayor. And maybe because his campaign ads weren't so aggressive and his, you know, his down-to-earth style just makes him less assuming. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes down to who's going to vote for who, I mean, there would be no belief that any majority would vote for Bart at any point, really. Yep. I I fully I fully agree with that. Um, so uh, we then go to probably my favorite scene of this episode, and by that I mean I hate it, um, <laughs> which is um, this uh, greatly uh, completely non cliche scene that we have uh, are seeing here for the first time ever, in which a man complains about needing to wear makeup to go on television. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite bad. I mean, basically a synopsis of the scene, Connie's putting makeup on him so he doesn't w- look washed up under the lights, and people are making jokes, and Tom feels bad about it, and then there's a joke about, like, uh, Bernard comes in, and he's like, hey, there's Champ or whatever, and he's like, for which girls team? And I'm like, okay, one, not cool, can't say that. Women's sports are just as legitimate as men's sports, even if they are in my opinion, less interesting to watch. I, I just, ah, it's so upsetting. Odyssey, like, I get that it's a trope and that's a thing and your audience is conser- is conservative, but, like, really? Really? This is this is where you're going to insert some comedic whatever? You're going to yeah. dedicate, like, at least 40 seconds of airtime to just, you know, bad-mouthing guys wearing makeup even though it's, like, a necessity... And, like, even though Tom is kind of seen as being mildly ridiculous, like, it's kind of validated by Sam and, and Bernard by saying, like, oh, you look like my Aunt Agatha. Like, everybody's got an Aunt Agatha. And, yes. uh... Three which, people in this yeah. episode refer to their Aunt Agathas. It's Tom, it's Bernard, and it's Bart. Yep. Which, uh, Agatha Rathbone has its own credit in on the AI wiki, and I'm just gonna see if she's mentioned anywhere else. Yeah, it, it's literally, she's never appeared in an episode, she's mentioned She's twice mentioned in the living Bart, nativity. Yep, as Bart saying, you look like my Aunt Agatha. Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know why, why that got a page on the wiki, but, you know, whatever. I'm I glad it did. Then, I, hey, if, I'm fine with that being there, but then we also need a, uh, Agatha... Walton and Agatha Riley page. Yeah. So, uh, so, so get on that. Um, no, <laughs> but you got time, Lee. Don't, don't, don't spend your time on that. That's, Please that's don't. Bad, Please don't. Bad idea. But tell someone you love them. The, the thing, other circling back a bit here, Andrew. The other thing to recognize is that this is an episode from '94, yeah. and while I do feel like uh, this same joke would be made on Odyssey today, at least at the time, it was not a conservative joke it was just a joke oh yeah no for sure this is definitely a joke that could have been on like seinfeld or something like that right yeah absolutely and that's uh yeah 
So. So fun. Um, and so the other thing is that I don't like about this scene is that it also is implied that Connie isn't good at doing the makeup. Yeah. Because everyone's coming on and, like, freaking out. So it's like, on one hand, Tom does need makeup to go on air. On the other hand, it seems like Connie's doing a bad job, and I'm like, why can't we just give Connie one thing? Yeah. Can she just be okay at makeup? Can that can that just can that just be okay this once? Do d- does she have to always always be unco- like does it all, does she have to always be incompetent? Can we can we just have a nice thing for Connie? No, no, we can't have that. She must be the butt of every joke. Yeah, I, that truly feels like how it is in these early Odyssey episodes, and I'm gonna keep harping on it because uh, it it's, makes me sad. Well, it, it, the thing is, it doesn't get less upsetting. <laughs> Right, right. It's still upsetting every time. It's also frustrating knowing, like, we've covered Novacom, and I didn't have all of these complaints then, though I had other complaints. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's just, yeah, there's always going to be something, isn't there? That's the whole Uh, point of the show. (laughs) Yeah. Well, part of it. Yeah, it is. Um, So so we then cut to the debate. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack is moderating. Because they both mutually decided that, or did yep. Jack pit? Did Jack like? Did Tom pick Jack and uh, uh, what's his name? Bernard Bart just picked, said uh, sure. Bart Bart just said sure. Yeah, and he just said sure. Or but there's also um, Brian Dern's there. Yes, Brian Dern is there reading the questions. Yeah. Hey, wait! This is getting fun. good. Yeah, and uh, the the big note from my from my favorite book about this scene is that. Uh, um, both, so Tom, or sorry, Walker Edmonston voicing Tom and Bart mm-hmm. in this scene, um, didn't do two takes. Uh, he changed his voice live in studio, Rick and Morty style. That's awesome. Um, which was so cool to hear. Um, yeah. I just, I was like, oh, cause you know, you, your, your natural assumption when listening to this sort of thing is like. They had they did one take with a stand-in, and then a, they did a take the other way with a stand-in, and then they merged it together in editing. But nope, he is switching voices live, and I love it. Yeah, and he, and I feel like he did a good job. Yeah, well, apparently the uh, the people in the studio were having a hard time keeping it together because it was so funny, and his facial mannerisms changed when he was doing the switch too. Oh, and for it was sure. Just like I love actors doing good. Yeah. Well, and especially, I think voice acting is so unique in that respect. Like, I, I've seen stuff about, like, you know, people that worked with Robin Williams when he was doing voice acting stuff. And, like, them just losing it in the studio because of how, like, emotive he is in his voice and also in his, like, mannerisms, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, oh, I think that's so cool. I wish I could be a good voice actor. Maybe someday. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, can we can we can we get a different a different voice here, Andrew? Welcome back to the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. Nope, nope. Thumbs down. Um, <laughs> deeper voice. Try again. <laughs> Crying Brian Dern. Yeah, that that's the thing. Is it's just gonna be it's just gonna be good imitations. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. Um. Uh, so this whole debate, right? Obviously, yep. we have a lot of feelings. 
Yeah. Uh, so the the first bit is actually pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Brian Dern comes on and is like, hey, uh, you know, how do you feel about government funding for special interest groups? And Bart goes on this rant about baseball, baseball cards. cards and how the government should fund that. And then we cut away from the scene without hearing Tom's response. Yep. Yeah, and because like, isn't Tom the audience doesn't... laughing? Yeah, that's so. Uh, I'm just like that was when I, that was when it really hit me, like during this re-listen of just being like, wow, oh, nobody takes no Bart seriously. Like, nope. there isn't even joke. like a like a die-hard Bart supporter who's just like being like, yeah, baseball cards. Yeah. And that must be because they didn't have the money for Rodney in this episode. They must. That must be it. Oh man. That would have been so good if he just stands up and starts, like, cheering. and That's my pop! Don't call me pop. pop. <laughs> yeah, there is Andrew's voice acting. Um, oh, boy. So, so yeah, then I we leave um, where Eugene can't find evidence of the spill. And then him and Stam stumble over further in earnest, adding mm-hmm. chemicals to the stream. Bert and um, Arnie. And they, uh, they do their villain monologue about all the bad stuff that they're doing on camera yep so that we have evidence later yep and then they get they get caught um why do they get caught andrew i i don't really know why do they get caught dylan because connie sneaks up on <gasps> sam oh, and eugene right. and makes them scream yep and then there's noise so further and Ernest catch them that's right connie's the worst that's what so I'm. Much. That's who I'm voting for in this election. I'm just gonna write in Connie is the worst. Yeah. <sighs> Thank goodness she's written this way because good heavens! Imagine if we had like a well-written female character in '94. How tragic that would be. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Ugh. It's it, it. Yeah. And like, I don't know if it's a conscious thing but like couldn't eugene just have fallen on the stream again i i don't think it's a conscious thing i think it's a we don't have any female writers in the room so we're just writing comedy and we're not thinking about who gets it yeah yeah that's fair but uh but yeah so the eda catches them is like hey uh we need that tape and eugene's like sure i'll give it to you if you can catch me and then runs oh that's before he tells them to like come out with their hands up and then the other agents like yeah we don't like we don't have (laughs) and they're like they don't know that and i'm like but we can hear this so maybe they do now yeah we we don't we don't know we Uh, really don't know um and and, uh yeah so they they yell stop in the name of the environment yep Gotta um, love that. And they run to their car, and then Connie isn't actually in the car. Mm-hmm. She gets left behind. Mm-hmm. Trademark. Yeah. Trademark um, for sure. Yeah. She. She. She gone. I, she. Well, maybe she drove herself. Perhaps she did drive herself. But it's just this weird thing of like she gets left out of the outside of the car, going like, "Hey, what's going on?" Right along with the bad guys. Yeah. Well, you know, she is yeah. a woman. Yeah. Um, and now we go to a 
um, this is where my notes really kick up because this is where like the proper in quotes yeah debating is happening in quotes heavily in quotes there's not really a proper debate guys no it's just two people talking and tom uh, tom's like tom's trying to abide by like the rules of the debate and bart's just literally jumping on top of him like mid-sentence and if yeah, that's he's an intentional literally jumping about on top. debates bernard like, tom gets tackled here yeah yeah tom is bodied and, like, I get that that's how debates work sometimes, but, like, I've watched a lot of, like, Republican and Democratic primary debates where it's supposed to be, yeah. like, an absolute, you know, cage fight, and uh, they don't do that. No, they do not. Um, this is uh, very amateur and just goes further to cement Bart as an invalid candidate. Yep. And nobody thinks that, really, that he is. Like, you yep. can tell the audience is just, like, laughing at him, like, oh, yeah. this guy, this guy. And yes. Bart is so convinced that, like, oh, I'm saying things that are worth saying. Uh, it's just, yeah. ugh, it's exhausting. Yeah. Yep, so I'm going to try and play-by-play play it, and you just jump in with your color commentary, okay, Andrew? Will do. Uh, so Tom starts off um, with this discuss- or this this monologue about the government um, he wants the government to encourage every individual achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bart accuses him of wanting to ruin everyone's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack jumps in and says, hey, you got to stop interrupting. And Bart says, well, I want to respond now or I'll forget what I said. That's a mood. Um, and then Tom says, I believe in our rights as Americans, but our responsibility too." And consequences for what we do. And we can't keep looking to our government to bail us out. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what Tom says? Or that's what Bart says? That is? Nope. That is what Tom says. Yeah. Because uh, Bart's, Bart's all about the big government. And Tom's about uh, less government. Of course. Naturally. Um, yes. Then, um, how, are anyways, those, uh, how are those unemployment checks going? Everybody in quarantine. Big government. Terrible, right? That is the same comment I wanted to make, so thank you. Oh, I'm um, sorry about that. No, 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 that wasn't that wasn't sarcastic. Okay, <laughs> genuinely, I'm happy that you said it because otherwise, I feel like I'm just monologuing. There you go. Uh, no, it's it's so. Oh my lord, it's so frustrating. Like, yeah, obviously, dear Chalk Squad, I need to be vulnerable with you. I'm a registered Democrat. If you un if you unsubscribe now, like I'll understand. Um, you can also just support opinions that are different than you guys. Exactly. That, that I would, I I would encourage that, that's that valuable, more than everything. But... Uh, more than anything. Because there's a lot of, you know, democratic policy that I, that I don't agree with. But I also think that we, like, Odyssey is a really good example of how the media frames specific styles of government and how that propagates um, kind of dogma around it that's not exactly accurate and not exactly true like having you know having bart an unintelligent person represent big government is so not the point if that's what you're trying to argue against like government in my opinion is just everybody throwing pencils at the ceiling to see which one sticks and uh and everybody's pencils are different and if it sticks, great. And if it doesn't stick, then fine. But this kind of discourse that we create of just 
it's an us versus them and this is objectively wrong because they want a larger government is so so not the whole picture like mm-hmm. i mean we can hear that now and listen to it and think yeah okay i'm you know you can you can support like i don't think that we should have universal health care i think it should be privatized and you know, that's fine. And you can look at Europe and be like, oh, well, what they're doing is good or what they're doing is bad. And and that's fine and have a difference of opinion. But what this is doing is instead of doing that, it's just basically saying, well, you can be right or you can be stupid. Yes, that is very much the tone of this episode. And it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 exhausting. And, And it's not just because it's it's my side that I, you know, that that is being poorly represented. I would feel the same way if if it was, you know, uh, the other way around where, you know, people that think that small government is, you know, Neanderthal-like or of the past and, and ineffective. Like, you know, no, that's not the answer. Yeah. Um, this whole dichotomy that they're pitching in this episode is like, hey, uh, the smart reasonable thing is like hey we can't keep looking for the government to bail us out and on the stupid other side we have bart saying uh that he wants to create a government program to get the government off people's backs yep he's like i'll make a committee (laughs) such a not funny joke yeah yeah it's well and it's i mean it's bart's whole thing where he'll he'll just say anything and like it, it is it exposed later when it's like you know by saying that you stand for everything, you actually stand for nothing. Yep, and, I think that's kind of like Tom's closing argument. Yeah, uh, it's... Ugh. Yep. It's at this point that Bart then starts quoting song lyrics. Yeah, which is, you know, pretty funny. It I is kind it. of funny. <laughs> uh, As one who yeah. deeply appreciates musical references in any and all form. Yeah, no, that that that's fair. <laughs> um... And then, uh, and then we have a uh, really long back and forth that I have all down in quotes. Oh, good heavens! And I'm going to just rattle it off. Just go, yep, basically. So uh, this is Jack jumps in and says, uh, "Bart, we can't continue this debate unless you follow the rules." And Bart says, "Rules, schmools. This is a free country. Anybody should be able to do what they want. That's the difference between me and Riley. I'm into freedom, and he's a what do you call it? An intolerant hate mongerer." Yeah. Wow. An intolerant hate mongerer. Yep. That's a that is the meme, the really old meme from uh, Anchorman, where he's like, "Well, that escalated quickly." <laughs> I'm just like, "Yep, wow." I mean, wow, you really went for it there. Uh huh. Tom says, "What?" Bart says, "Did I stutter?" Which is funny. I didn't realize that that was a thing. Do in they 94. speak English and what? <laughs> um. Jack tries to calm everyone down. Brian tries to ramp everyone up. This is when things get great. So So fun. fun. Unlike you... This is... Sorry, this is Bart. Unlike you, Riley, I believe in toleration. As a mayor, I won't put up with anyone who isn't tolerant. You won't tolerate intolerance? Right. So you're intolerant of people who tolerate intolerance. Yeah, my first act as mayor will be to form a committee to investigate intolerance and stamp it out. But what about things like free speech? 
What about things like that? People can have free speech as long as they agree with you. Well, yeah, no one likes disagreeable people. At all Facebook conversations ever. Uh, that <laughs> platform is so toxic. I, I've, like, spent uh... more time on it since uh, quarantine, since, like, I think I have in years. And not intentionally. It's just, like, well, I check Twitter and then I check Facebook. And, uh, uh, Wow. Wow, there's so yeah. much of that where I'm just like, you are just saying things to make people mad. And and then when they get mad, you get mad at them for being mad. And and I don't I don't get it. <laughs> like yeah. what itch is this scratching for you? Let me introduce to you to something called knitting. You can't post on Facebook while knitting. I mean, I suppose you could perhaps live stream yourself, but but It'll take up a great amount of time. It's productive. You can make stuff for yourself, make stuff for other people. And uh, it's incredibly relaxing. And and most importantly, nobody hates knitting. Like, even people that don't enjoy doing it themselves, nobody's going to come down on you for knitting. Yeah, that's true. Take up knitting. And if they do, you can just wrap your homemade scarf around your head and not hear them. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'll put a link um I'll put a link in the in the show notes to this. There's a really good uh webcomic from uh, Pictoline um that is just like a summary of uh something that the philosopher Karl Popper said about the paradox of tolerance um which is basically that like if if you tolerate intolerance, like then like it it does like it doesn't work to tolerate intolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I mean it's literally called the paradox of tolerance, and it's this whole this whole thing that I don't really want to like completely break down. But this they can't you cannot be truly tolerant f- because. It's basically like saying you cannot take any firm stand on anything, even something like tolerance, because by taking a stand, you stand for something and therefore anybody against it, you are against and therefore are not tolerant. Right, right. But it's saying that that's okay. Yeah. Like when we extend tolerance to those who are openly intolerant, the tolerant ones are destroyed and then the tolerance is destroyed with them. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I, I, I respect that. I definitely do. I, I, I appreciate it's, that. Yeah. So I yeah. It just it just struck me as they're going back and forth and Bart's like comically being like, Well, I'm not gonna put up with anyone who's intolerant. Yeah. Um and that's kind of being the butt of the joke. I'm like, well, there actually is something to that. No, there, there definitely is. Um, because if we tolerate all of the people in the world who are hateful and intolerant, um, the world is a worse place. Exactly. And it's not... The hard thing, then, is always, well, what is hateful and intolerant? And I'm not really going to jump in on that conversation at the moment. Is um, there absolute but, truth? 
Listen to the Truth Chronicles to find it out. Will, well, ah. Nope, nope, not doing it. Nope, nope. Soapbox going away. All right. So, so that's that's that debate. Yeah, we love that. Oh boy. <sighs> yeah. It just it it is it is every Facebook debate. It just gets completely flattened and all nuances lost. Why does this episode feel like doing a group project and just every new thing that you have to do, you just are so disappointed that you have to do it? And you're just like, <laughs> oh, oh, the yeah. thing that I thought you were gonna do. Wow, you you didn't do that. That's cool. Oh, well now I have to do this too. Oh, okay. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of this point where I just got really fed up with this whole thing and was like, I like I get that this is a kids show, but if they would actually debate actual things, I would really appreciate that. Well, and I think that it would be so good for the kids to see like, like, I think that kids are more benefited by seeing government being effective than they are by bad mouthings, you know, certain styles of government. Yes, but I think it would require them to portray both sides, and if they portray both sides with any sort of, and give the bad side any sort of relatability um, or, like, nod to it in any way, they're going to come under fire from the listeners um, because it's, well, hey, you're, like, showing our kids that they don't have to think the same way that we do. That's often um, problematic. Yeah. Well, it's my term to uh to to quote some song lyrics. The times they are a changing. You know? You know? The loser now will be later to win. The times they are a changing. Um anyways, so we leave that scene. No, we don't. No, this is oh, when Eugene okay. and uh no, Sam So busted. yeah, we we cut away we cut away briefly. I guess this is where Sam and Eugene actually ex- escape. Mm-hmm. Um not the previous scene. And then we cut back to so they're just going to race over to try and interrupt this debate. Yeah. Um and we cut back and Tom says, "In trying to stand for everything, it's clear you stand for nothing." Yep. Which, you know. Um that's fair. And and then uh, Bart has his pivot point where he's like, well, all of this isn't working. I guess I'll just take down Tom for this whole uh, Apple thing. Um, so Bart brings up that the uh, the whole Apple thing and Tom responds with, show me the statistics. No one has complained. No one has been sick. To which Bart says they would if Glossman didn't close your farm. That's not how that works. And that hit a little close to yep. home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only 100,000 deaths. Oof. We live in troubling so, times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, literally in this episode, he's right. There hasn't been there hasn't been any evidence of the contamination other than the fact that the government tested it and said there was contamination and also we need to believe scientists so i appreciate you conducting your independent study that is a good thing to do um but you don't know the results of that yet and so you shouldn't be opening openly contentious against what the current experts are saying thanks hank green there's my soapbox (laughs) Uh, oh buddy yeah it's it's ugh. 
it's it's rough yeah so the the debate then continues um with with oh man with bart saying you're killing this here planet and you ought to be ashamed of yourself to which tom replies i am a farmer my father ran a farm, and so did his father before him. I love the land, I don't worship it, but I do my part to take care of it. Good guy Tom is good guy. Amen to that. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, it's just more of the same, just Bart being bad. Yep. Yeah. And then, although you're killing this planet and you ought to be ashamed of yourself, not necessarily a bad stance, um, but bad with the context. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's get that on record. Yeah. Tom then does this amazing pivot um, where he pushes back on Bart and is like, well, what about all your disposable products, yeah. Bart, that you sell? And Bart's like, uh, uh, well, people like my disposable products. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Bart's now become big business. Yep. Bart is everything. But I thought that was the conservative stance. Yep. yep. No, Bart is Bart is everything and somehow nothing. It's 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 <laughs> it's oh my lord. It, oh, it is bad. It's truer words have never been <laughs> It's it's quite bad. And like that and that's what makes this episode so confusing is like, okay, Odyssey, what is good in your eyes? Tom is good, yes. But if Tom was to contaminate the land, that would be bad. Yes. Okay. So, when it comes to government, is Tom better than the big business companies that would take the place of big government? That, like, yeah. Like, if you're if you're rooting against big government, then you're rooting for big business, and maybe that's maybe that's too big of a jump to make between the two, but that seems to be the two arguments here. Yeah. Yep. Oh well. Continue. Love it. So good. This is when uh, Eugene and Sam barge in with the tapes, like every courtroom scene in Odyssey and also media in general. And I realize this isn't a courtroom scene per se. But, uh, also, <laughs> they decide, uh, Glossvin stands up and is like, hey, I want that tape. And, uh, uh, Eugene says, with all due respect, Mr. Glossman, we'd rather make two dozen tapes and then give you the tape. And I was like, okay, Eugene? Got him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. There's this, there's this bit in Scrubs where, um, the head doctor butts heads with the chief of medicine and he always goes, uh, well, in, in more explicit words, blow it out your derriere. And, uh, I, I could have sworn that that's what, that's what, uh, Tom was going to say. <laughs> it's like, just, just blow it out your derriere, Bart. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Um, and then, uh, and then we, we basically, they recess to view the tapes, um, and that's and then we jump ahead. Yep. Um, to uh, a is it is it a news report maybe with where we find out that Ernest and Furter have been put on administrative 
on administrative leave. Glossman's being all indignant and being like, hey, I didn't know about any of this. Ah, I'm just um, as much of a victim as anybody else here. Yeah. And then uh, Tom's reopening his farm. Yep. Uh, Bart steps down from the campaign. And then Tom is just um, mayor. Yep. Like, no vote. No nothing. Just, well, you're mayor now. And yep. me, as the person running against you, gets to bestow this honor. Not the people. That's not how democracy works. Yep. Yeah. I... I, it, aggressive side even if people are running unopposed we still have elections oh yeah oh yeah that's the whole point yep i just i don't like this weird glossing over of democracy well and it wouldn't have been that hard for it to be like time jump a week later you know blah blah, blah. i mean they've already time jumped yeah like, exactly like yes. they, they could have just been like oh well the votes have been tallied and yada 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 Right, like it literally yep. would have taken such a small amount of effort and awareness to mm-hmm. make this not literally completely disregard democracy. Yeah, yep. And then we go out on a conversation between Philip Glossman and an unknown caller. Yeah, the old one-sided telephone call. Telephone call, Doctor Blacker. Uh, that's who you are. Uh, hey, we don't know who it is, man. That's true, but. You know. It's probably Blackard. Yeah, this is the Blackard Chronicles. Yeah, you know, wild. <laughs> um, and then Glossman turns to camera and has a villainous monologue. Oh, yeah, he's like, Okay, Riley, you go ahead and move yourself into the mayor's office, but you don't have the slightest idea what you've gotten yourself into. You haven't seen The Last of Us, not by a long shot. Dun, dun, dun. Which I think is really funny because Blackard uh, in Way Late in the Windy City ends with, Laugh now, Whitaker, but I'm not finished with you, not by a long shot. Perhaps foils are doing foiling things. Yep. Yeah. And they're going to get foiled. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, so that's the end of the episode. And uh, I think, well, we actually have some pretty good discussion questions to get to, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just going to I'm just gonna shine my shoes and I'm just going to dust off the old soapbox and uh, All right. give, give, give the good chalk squad my opinion on these discussion questions. So, uh, so, so, Andrew, do you think Christians should run for public office? Sure. Fine. Yeah. Yup. All right. We're on the same page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we want to talk about the role that Christian morals should have in government, then, like, that's another thing. But as far as if you are a Christian, are you uh, immediately disqualified from running for office? No. No, not, not, not a little bit. I mean, honestly, if you want to make the argument against it, that's fine. Christian anarchy is a thing. I mean, the whole idea of, you know... Uh, basically what jesus did was saying yes we have these institutions and governments in place that are important but you know i am lord i am i am above them i am the king of kings i'm the president of presidents and you don't pledge your allegiance to them you pledge your allegiance to me and where they come in conflict you go with me and and that's about it like if if that's if that's the question, then that's my answer. As far yeah. as Christian morals and politics, well, 
I mean, America yeah. was founded on the idea of religious freedom, and so in a certain respect, I think it is it's important to uh, to separate those ideals, especially when it comes to making decisions. But at the end of the day, how democracy works is that we elect the people that we want to represent us. And so if you don't like the way that people are handling things, you vote otherwise. Yeah, that was all really well put. Uh, you forgot the part where morals don't exist without Christianity, but you know, otherwise. Oh yeah. You're oh yeah. I mean, without, I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, if we don't have Christian morals to base our government on, like it's just gonna, the streets Everyone's are just going to kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, Andrew. Really. You put that really well. Um, thank you. <laughs> so the, the next question, uh, what was wrong with the way Bart ran his campaign? He is incompetent. It was a joke. That's why it was a joke. He didn't even take it seriously. He literally bowed out because his opponent was able to actually run. Right. Like, yep. yeah, yeah, literally he, his he, whole platform was, I'm not running against anybody because this guy is going to get dismantled. Yep. Yep. Which actually... That does flesh out the character a little bit. <laughs> uh, and now our final question. And it's a big one. Could Tom have done anything to avoid the scandal? Um, not? Well, I mean, the, the scandal was kind of imposed upon him, right? Mm-hmm. So, n- no? No. I mean, he could have done his due diligence and submitted to the authorities and done that instead of playing wit and being like, you know what? I am the law and I do my own thing. Yeah. And then the law is like, oh, okay, cool. I just, I don't like this thing that, I don't like the way this question is phrased or that it is included because it is set up as though scandals are just villains trying to ruin good people oh boy right that's absolutely how that reads because no the question it does is, yeah no you're you're could right tom have done anything to avoid the scandal and then part b why was glossman so intent on ruining tom it's literally hey we should ignore scandals because they are just bad people trying to bring down good people. Fake news. Yep. It is terrifying how relevant this these topics are from literally, like, what, 22 years before the 2016 election? Yeah. I... Uh, what's math? Yeah, no, you, you were good. Six plus sixteen, twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two. Like, oh my heavens! And even now, that's still a thing. Where it's just like, okay, there are scandals that are intentionally meant to deface people, and that is rough. And I think so. Scandals, right? Scandals expose truth, right? Right. Presuming that they are legitimate yep. scandals. But the the problem is not the scandal themselves. I mean, sometimes it is, but it's also how how you know the people witnessing it respond to it. You know, absolutely. I like okay. If we're gonna like 
I mean, as Bill Cosby was like the front runner for all of this, like, is what Odyssey is suggesting that like, well, that scandal was just meant to destroy him. And the truth of the matter is, I mean, kinda yeah, but also he did a terrible thing. And so there are consequences for doing that terrible thing. Yeah. And you have to believe the victim. Yep. And then if it's found out that the the scandal was wrong, then that's fine. Then right. you just, you know, be like, oops, sorry about that. Because yeah. that, that's a thing. That does happen. But also, is the alternative to just, you know, let the bad people keep doing the bad people things? No, but these, these are scandals being levied against good people, Andrew, and we know that. Of course. We can judge people's hearts based on their outward appearance, and uh, we know that they would never do bad things. That's why, you know, the Catholic Church has always been awesome. Oh, we love the Catholic Church. Actually, no hate for the Catholic Church right now. Pope Francis yeah, is no, that I was specifically referencing their... The Reformation? <laughs> what? No. No, I was referencing the <laughs> scandal. Oh. What scandal? <laughs> you being a joke right now? Okay. Yes. Good. I was um, mildly concerned for a moment. So the big thing the big thing here is if we look at Tom's actions in the episode, I think he actually went about things in a good way, which was yeah. charges were levied against him. He contested these charges and hired someone to like investigate the other side of it. That seems like a pretty good way of handling it. Yeah, that's basically just his equivalent of hiring a lawyer. Right. Whereas, like, what this question in the discussion guide seems to be implying is, like, well, uh, Tom couldn't have done anything to avoid this scandal. Um, so, like, you know, even good people are going to get screwed by those who are malicious. Um, and, yeah. And is the point of being a Christian so you don't get screwed by bad people? Yeah. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. I'm, I'm so oh, glad boy. you brought that up. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. But, yeah. It, if, if, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It just left a really sour taste in my mouth of just being like, yeah, but the, the point is not, hey, uh, completely disregard all scandals because the people who are bringing them forth don't have control over that. Like, yeah. Like, if, if Tom, yeah, I don't know. It's just, we can't operate under, Odyssey is suggesting here that we operate under the assumption that everyone who is bringing forth a scandal and accusing someone is in the wrong. And that is a way more dangerous assumption to operate than everyone bringing forth a scandal is in the right. I think they both are dangerous and and can be used maliciously, but I think it is way more advantageous to believe the accuser and try- Well, and that's the whole thing, because then Tom goes with the whole, like, innocent until proven guilty bit. Yeah. and But he doesn't apply the same logic to the people that are accusing him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, right. okay, Tom has a right to defend himself. Right. True. But, like, what this question is suggesting is, like, no, you just don't believe people if you are just intuitively smarter than them and know the truth like 
no, that's not how that works. I mean, nobody thought that, you know, Bill Cosby was who he was. I mean, on the outwards, he was a clean comedian, and it turns out he was a clean comedian who also did terrible things. Yeah, yeah. so I think that's how we, we go out. If you've got any, I guess. any final final thoughts here. I don't have any final thoughts. I have I, nothing to plug. I like I already plugged knitting. Yeah. yeah. Andrew plugs knitting. I plug the paradox paradox of tolerance um yep. comic that I'll link in the in the notes. Infographic, I guess more than comic, but you know, whatever. Um I liked last episode so much more than this one and it kinda bums me out. Um it's yeah. not a bad episode. It's just loaded. It's loaded, and it's also, like, not loaded particularly well. I think that what was established last episode could have came to a much better fruition if if Bart was a legitimate candidate. Yeah. And if the arguments that were being made were more intentionally thought out. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is, and obviously... That's kind of the point of the show is where we go back and we look at it and we pick up on things that we we didn't really realize before. And I still love Odyssey and I still actually quite enjoy this this you know arc of episodes. It's just it's different now. Absolutely. So that's all we have for you this week, and we will be back next week with an episode I really hope holds up because it's one of my favorites: A Name Not a Number, Part One. Bye, guys. I'm so excited. Goodbye. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. Tom for Mayor Part 1 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Rosebo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.